This is your host, Grant Vermeer, Naval Academy Class of 2017, and I'm your Academy Insider. It's my goal to be your guide through the Naval Academy experience by sharing my stories and providing you inside information into the life of a midshipman. Academy Insider is in no way officially affiliated with the United States Naval Academy. All of the content on Academy Insider is my own and does not reflect the views of the United States Naval Academy, the United States Navy, nor the Department of Defense. I know here on the Academy Insider podcast, we've talked with a lot of former midshipmen about the midshipmen experience, about their experience out in the fleet, what they're currently doing in their life outside of the military and all of the above. But today I wanted to switch it up just a little bit. Because at the end of the day, the midshipman journey is not just for the midshipmen, but the families as well. So today I'm joined by Carl Smith, who is the father of a class of 20 midshipmen at the United States Naval Academy. He's an author of a brand new book titled Anchored in Tradition, uh, and he also runs a blog called My Kid, The Mid. In this episode, we talk all about what it's like being the father of a midshipman, what it's like being a parent from the process of the college choice all the way through to the point of being a firstie at the Naval Academy and what an emotional roller coaster that is. Make sure to check out this episode. It's really entertaining. There's a ton of insight, good advice, and just honest, wholesome conversation that I think you all will really enjoy. So make sure to check it out, and I hope you guys have a great time listening to this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Academy Insider Podcast. And Carl, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. That's my pleasure, Grant. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So again, the topic of today's episode is really going to be about what the journey at the Naval Academy is like for parents, because that is a topic that I don't think is talked about enough, especially within the Naval Academy community as people are kind of going through their college decision process. I don't think parents take the time to realize that that's going to be a difficult journey for them as well. So I'm really glad you're taking the time to join us today. Again, just thank you so much. No, thanks. And I agree, Grant, that the... um you know, it's just not your kid. As your family, I'm sure found out, it wasn't just Grant going to the Naval Academy. The whole family's going to the Naval yes. Academy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So with that, you do have a son who is currently mm-hmm. a firstie at the Naval yep. Academy. If you don't mind just telling the Academy Insider audience a little bit about yourself, as well as your midshipman, mm-hmm. how he ended up at the Academy, what company's in, his major, and just a little bit of background mm-hmm. about him as a midshipman. That sounds great. Sure. So... I work in marketing and digital technology and have been doing that uh, for the last 15, 20 years. My son was first introduced to the Naval Academy through the Boy Scouts. Our Boy Scout troop tries to camp at every academy at some point during the, the, hmm. uh, their time there. So we camped at the State Park right on the Severn, and we toured the uh, Naval Academy, and that kind of caught his attention. His name is Noah Smith. He's in the Dirty 30, and <laughs> he's majoring in cyber operations and we're holding our breath now because, you know, in about a week or two, they get their service selection and yep. we're all kind of all kind of on pins and needles to see where he lands there. So, And what did he pick as or what does he want for um, service he, selection? His first choice is information professional. OK, great. But we know that that's you know, very competitive, very, as you know. Very, And um, his second selection is uh, subs. OK. So we're, we're hoping that he gets one of his top two picks. He's done a number of sub cruises during his time, summer training. Mm-hmm. So he feels comfortable, I think, with either one. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm always definitely partial towards a fellow 6th Battalion cyber major. <laughs> so I, re- I hope it goes well for him. And service selection is always a super fun day. So yeah. that's great. But again, the focus of today's conversation really is going to be about the parent's journey. And in one of your blog articles you wrote, so you have a blog called My Mid the Kid. 
in mm-hmm. one of the articles you talk about that you weren't so sure about his decision to go to the Naval Academy yeah. and, and you didn't really know how to feel about it. So when that happened, when he decided to go to the Naval Academy, commit to go mm-hmm. to the Naval Academy, what was your thought process? And what was going through your mind? Yeah, so great question. You know, people will immediately say to you, oh, you must be so happy for him that he's at the mm-hmm. Academy. And what I tell people is I'm proud of him and happy for him. Uh-huh. But very selfishly, I like to spend time with my kid. <laughs> and, and once your kid signs that paper, he's not yours anymore. Mm-hmm. He's the government property and you're a side distraction. <laughs> um, so when he decided that he wanted to go full bore to go this, you know, one of the things you learn as a parent is you have to be selfless. Mm-hmm. And and I firmly believe that once you have kids that a friend of mine is, I had a relative who wrote a book called I Am Third, My God, My Family, Myself. And, uh, and I'm, I'm all in on that idea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever, not, not whatever the kids want, because I think that's the wrong way to look at it. But when he sees something like that, that he definitely sees as a path for his future, and he was 100% in on it, you know, you have to support him. Mm-hmm. You have to support him and just try to help him do it with his eyes open. Here's what could happen. Let's have plan B in place. But it was difficult. My father was a Marine. And uh, one of the most frightening men I've ever met and anybody would ever meet. <laughs> my father-in-law, my, Noah's other grandfather, was uh, in the Navy and not by choice, was invited during the Korean conflict mm-hmm. and didn't really love the time there. So yeah. where he got this notion this was the place for him, tough to tell. <laughs> tough to tell. Absolutely. And, and that's an interesting concept because a lot of times when you ask people, oh, do you have family in the military? Mm-hmm. It's seen as like, a, oh, yeah, I do. And that's why I wanted to go. So it's an interesting mm-hmm concept and aspect there to have potentially not as positive of a military experience within the family and then have that kind of cause a little bit of hesitancy or reserve mm-hmm. when now it's your son, it's your child. Right. Absolutely. Because, you know, I think about my father-in-law telling us the horror stories of being in the Korean War and how difficult that was for him. And, uh, and my son has all the stories about my father and growing up with him, you know, the People ask me, describe your childhood. I said, let me sum it, sum it up to you in one sentence. My dad lied about his age to get into the Marine Corps during the Korean conflict, and he went into bomb disposal. And immediately everyone goes, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So he's heard all those horror stories, and he knows how tough it is. But you know, there was one point, Grant, during his, his senior year in high school, during his football season, he just, I remember him, he did a tweet, and he just said, I'm ready to be part of something bigger than myself go mm-hmm. Navy. I was like, okay, that's when I think he definitely got in his mind like that's And for him, there was no other academy. He didn't apply to Army. Mm-hmm. He didn't apply to Air Force. He didn't apply to Coast Guard. He didn't apply to ROTC. It was Naval Academy or nothing. Yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. and that's fantastic. And I think that's a big aspect of what life at the Naval Academy is like. And it's something interesting is you don't necessarily need to have that I want, like, I have this dream of serving my country and I'll do it by any means possible, whether that's mm-hmm. going to all these different academies. Sometimes it's as simple as I want to be a part of something bigger than myself and I want to mm-hmm. be surrounded by people who are like minded and motivated yep. and constantly dedicated to the process of development as a person mm-hmm. and as a leader. Uh, and I think that is one of the amazing things about the Naval Academy because you become part of that ecosystem, part of that environment that forces you to grow and puts you through adversity in order to make that happen. So very mature on, on, on his end. And I'm glad, I'm glad it ended up working out well and he's yeah. at the Academy. So, Yeah, it definitely. 
I think that was immature. And, you know, and it's interesting, you talk about kind of growing up. Now he had to grow up in that environment. So, you know, mm-hmm. you turn your kid over and Noah was, he was a high school graduate and went right in. He wasn't prior enlisted. You know, he got in as a high schooler. Yep. And he's had to grow up. And as someone who has always appreciated respect and order and discipline, that's just the way he's wired. You know, there's a whole nother level to Naval Academy that yeah. you have to learn to become a part of. And you learn what it means to be selfless and put others first or put the mission first, if you will. Yeah. Um, I think that's a that's a it's a great growth opportunity. And he's definitely embraced that. Absolutely. And so you also have a daughter who's now going through mm-hmm. the college search process yeah. right now. Now that your son has made it to first year, he's gone through the entire Naval Academy experience. How has his Naval Academy experience influenced her thoughts and decisions and your thoughts regarding her college choice? Yeah. So great timing because she had her Blue Gold Officer interview last night. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, So One thing she said that I thought was interesting is Katie is, uh, she has said, I'll go to whichever academy takes me. That's Mm -hmm. where I want to be. And she wants, if not the ROTC route, she is all in on that, Mm -hmm. uh, on that aspect of it. Now she has a different experience. You know, she's, uh, we adopted Katie from China and she has said that she kind of feels like this is her, what's the, she used the phrase in one of her essays, a welcome obligation to kind of pay back her country. But she told the blue gold officer last night she said, I was able to watch my brother, you know, leave as an 18-year-old high school boy, and I've seen what it, what has happened and how he's matured and how he's become a better person. And she said to herself, that's something she's interested in. She sees that growth and she sees that opportunity and she embraced it. She wants to kind of take that on. And, you know, if you think it's gut-wrenching to have your son go to the Naval Academy and I see, you know, how tough it was for him, I'm thinking, good grief, here's my, you know, my little girl I mean, you got to be kidding me. We're, you know, so here we go again. So yeah, it's, it's been an emotionally challenging uh, road so far. But again, that's what she wants. She mm-hmm. She's not doing this half-heartedly. She really embraces the idea of service. And she's incredibly passionate about our veterans and about the military. You know, she did her gold award, or sorry, her silver award project. So I'm sorry, gold award project for Girl Scouts for a... Um, transitional homeless shelter for female veterans down in Philadelphia, because she said, I want to do so. I've got to do something to help. So she's definitely, that has, if you think about, you know, Noah went there, of course, as a plebe. And that was right when Katie became a freshman in high school. So you talk about formative time, had a tremendous impact on her. I mean, she's been through these formative years of high school, been able to watch him grow. And it's, it's definitely had a direct impact on what she wants to do and who she wants to be. Yeah, absolutely. And to, uh, I'm going to take the time to share a little bit of my story with my sister because talk about timing and formative years and how that <laughs> plays into the call decision process. Yeah. My sister is only two years younger than me. So when I was a wow. plebe in high school, my sister was going through her junior year and going through the recruitment process mm. because she was recruited as a basketball player out of high school. Well, as she came out for her visit at the Naval Academy, which mm-hmm. she was being recruited by, for those of you who know me and know my story... I wasn't very happy my (laughs) freshman year and I didn't like it all that much. So when my sister came out on the recruiting visit, she's like, wow, this place is so great. This is way cool. Like I could come to school with you. And I was literally like, whatever you do, do not come here. Do not like stay far away. This place is terrible. But what's funny is that had she been four years younger than me and was on her recruiting visit when I was a firstie, I would have been like, you need to come here. 
Yeah. And I probably would have saved my dad about $250,000 for my sister's college education. So sorry, dad, for that one. I'll take that one. I got the, I got the ownership on, on that. You. That one's that, on you. That one's on me. That one's on me. <laughs> but it is, it's crazy how that timing plays a piece in it and just how all the different factors and what a journey I'm sure it's been for you going through that. And as I talk about if I were to talk about, you know, the Naval Academy when I was a mm-hmm. freshman versus when I was a senior versus even now, all mm-hmm. of my answers would change. So I guess my question now pushed back to you is, how would you describe your Naval Academy experience watching your son go through it? And how has your, I guess, reaction or thoughts about the Academy changed yeah. throughout oh. the course of his time? So, you know, I'm born and was born and raised a writer mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time in my life writing and I've used the phrase emotional roller coaster <laughs> a lot. And I wish I could go back and every time I've ever used it because I clearly did not know what an emotional roller coaster was until this happened. Mm-hmm. When I think about the, you know, the struggle to get the nomination, the struggle for him to get the appointment, that that unbelievable euphoria that he, you know, he got in and he clicked the accept button. And then going through induction day without question, my worst day mm-hmm. as a father, it was a nightmare. And plebe summer was horrible mm-hmm. and plebe year was difficult. And then then the amazing things that happened after that and, and truly just highs and lows and and your concept of time. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the adage that your time at the academy is broken into thirds, plebe summer, yep, plebe, plebe year, year, and then the rest and the three. <laughs> and I'm telling you, Grant, you know, and I thought, oh, you know, you think you know everything because we're all so smart. I'm like, oh, sure. <laughs> That cap went on Herndon, and that was yesterday. And all of a sudden, he's commissioning in May. I'm like, yeah. what? What happened? <laughs> so I would say he had a difficult plea summer. Mm-hmm. And I think if he had said to Katie, what do you think? She would have said, oh, my gosh, what a nightmare. No, just like – in fact, I remember showing my wife your letter home, <laughs> from that first letter home, and she's like, my son could have written that <laughs> same letter. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, the line from Noah's first letter home was, I'd be lying to you if I told you I was enjoying this. <laughs> That's a very subtle way to put that. But yeah, the, the change, Grant, is, mm-hmm. you know, you walk through, you walk on that, on the yard for the first time and you're overwhelmed by, you know, the, the it's so stoic and it's just dramatic. And then you start to go through the emotions and, you, you know, and it just changes. So I, that has been a real roller coaster ride. And you know, tomorrow night, uh, my son will play his very last football game of his life. Wow. And I'm trying to keep it together for that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> there's, I, I've referred to it as the parade of lasts. Mm-hmm. You know that. Like, yeah. your, it's your last time, your last reform. Yep. It's your last hello night. Yep. It's your last uh, switch to SD, uh, SDBs. <laughs> uh, all these things are happening. It's your last yeah. time, you know, and you 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 always think there'll always be next time. Pretty soon there'll be no next time. You know, you're going to be flying to China to play basketball. That's yep. what's you know, right. what's going to happen. Yeah, so. absolutely. And, and that's way cool. And the journey is so special. And you mentioned a little bit that those tough moments, a lot of those tough moments mm-hmm. at the start, what made I day so tough for you and what made plebe summer so difficult as a parent? So I'll break them into two. Cause I yeah. think they're, they're definitely separate issues. Okay. The induction day thing and my son, I will say this as far as he owned it. Mm-hmm. He did not prepare for induction day or plebe summer at all. Yeah, right. Like, I you, love it. You're laughing because you know. 
So, you know, he had so much adulation, so much euphoria about getting in and him, you know, accepting. We're so excited. And we go through I-Day. And for parents, it's awesome. You spend the whole day and everyone's just telling you, your kid is the greatest thing ever. You know, and then you sit there and the blue angels fly over your head. And, and I'm looking at my wife, and my daughter. I'm like, this is the greatest day of all time. And my son comes up and his eyes are red and they're, they're puffy. And, I'm, and he goes, I don't know that I can do this. You, what? <laughs> you know, and, and my, his, his sister's hanging on to him. The mother is crying and I've got to figure a way to talk him off the ledge. And then, you know, the kids you're used to talking to every day, multiple times a day, you don't contact at all. Yeah. And that's separation. And it's one thing to be separated and know they're doing something they enjoy, but to know how miserable they are. And to be helpless, and it is absolutely, it's mortifying. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't, you can't help them. You can't do anything. And that whole, you know, waiting for those phone calls and you got 20 minutes. And it's that, that separation, that isolation when you spend, and we made a conscious effort in the couple weeks between graduation and I-Day to spend as much time together as we could. So we were always together. Then all of a sudden, the fourth wheel on the car is missing and, you know, and he's not there. So yeah. you, that separation is just so hard. You know, plebe year's a little easier, but, you know, there's, it's a whole different animal because you got to take academic part of it. Mm-hmm. But induction day was, and I think the kids who are prepared, their parents are prepared. And I've told, you know, what I've tried to share with plebe parents is, man, make sure your kids watch the videos, make sure they, you know, they read the message boards. Mm-hmm. And they get prepared because if you're not, you'll end up like my son. And here's a great example. I said to my son, I said, look, here's your permission report packet. You got to read this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Well, there's basic stuff like chain of command in there, which is a softball. You're a detailer. Like that's a softball (laughs) you throw at right? This kid's struggling. I'll give him an easy one. So the detailer says to him, hey, Smith, what's a chain of command? And he says, sir, I'll find out, sir. And I'm sure the detailer's jaw hit the ground because he's like, come Dude. on, that, what color is the sky? Uh, I'll get back to you on that. You know? So just doing the prep work is, I think, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And what you're talking about with I-Day and also Plebe Summer, it was something that my mom has always said is that as a parent, you can only be as happy as your unhappiest child. And that's something, but it, but in, uh-huh. all, in all reality, that's something yeah. as a parent that you have to realize that that's going to happen for you during plebe summer because yep. like you're saying plebe summer is not fun it's not designed to be fun in the vast majority of cases the person is not going to enjoy it there are a couple of people that enjoy it I, I witnessed it firsthand as a detailer <laughs> that like some people enjoyed it i was like i don't get you you're crazy but you know that's great <laughs> but it is it's a difficult process and it's meant to be and so yeah. that process is apparent too more power to you guys is very mm-hmm. difficult because that was my biggest regret at the academy was that one specifically plebe summer is that I put my mom through that by sending yeah. those letters home. <laughs> right. And then you don't talk to them for right. a week and a half later. So even if something did change and you're happy, the last thing your mom's seen for the past 10 days is a letter that says, I hate this right. place. Like right. save me. Right. Um, <laughs> so that piece is just always so interesting. So more power to the parents for your yeah. guys's strength through the entire process because yeah. can be really difficult. But on the and, flip and, side, oh yeah, no, please. No, I was, was going to say the thing that got me through that got me through that was the um were the other parents, the experienced parents. I can think of one mom in particular who for no reason that I can ever understand saw my desperate Facebook post and began messaging me and we talked constantly on Facebook. And I'll tell you something Grant 
if it wasn't for her, I don't know that I would have made it. But forget my son. I don't know that I would have made it. You know, she just was so, you know, she just took the time in a very level-headed way. What you're feeling is normal and all that kind of stuff and how to get through it and some ways to handle it. And that that is, I think, what makes the experience special. When you see these parents who've gone through it before, who can talk you through it and let you know. And I've, I, the phrase I've used time and time again is your experience is the right experience. Because people will tell you, well, here's how you have to handle it. Well, maybe not for your kid. Maybe yeah. not for Grant. Maybe not for, you know, just to give you the options and let you know that there are different ways to get through it. And I think that that, you know, your experience is unique, you know. You know, you're a varsity athlete. That changes your experience. You know, you had a rough plebe summer. That changes your experience. Every Everything's different. But the common thread is it's a shared experience one way or the other. For whatever reason, you're all there together. All these kids look different. You know, big, tall, as you used to say, big, tall, fat, small, redhead, shaved head, whatever. doesn't matter. They're all lumped in together and they all got to get through it. And we all, as parents, we have to get through it too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And as us young kids say nowadays, say it louder for the people in the back. Like that, <laughs> that right there. So that that's one of my things in one of my articles that I have on my blog on Academy Insider, which is my advice for incoming midshipmen. Yeah. I talk all about there is no right experience. There is no wrong experience. It is your experience. There mm-hmm. is no right reason for going to the Academy. There is no yeah. wrong reason for going to the Academy. It's just your reason. And it defines your journey at the academy. And so long as you are dedicated to buying into the system to improve yourself personally and professionally. So that way, when you graduate, you are ready to lead sailors and Marines. Right. Then you are there for the right reason. Right reason. A hundred percent. Everybody is there to do something different. But I tried to repeat that to people over and over. Now, you know, so you talk, we were talking about the time thing. Now, all of a sudden, you know, I have plea parents reaching out to me saying, gee, Carl, you know, here's what, what, what can I do for my kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like just yesterday I was the one asking those questions and yeah. you, try to, you try to pay it forward now, right? But to tend to tell them, I don't know why your kid went there. I don't know what your kid wants to accomplish, but they're there and they're there. it's okay. And yeah. It's okay. Absolutely. Fantastic. So we've now talked a little bit about some of the tough parts, but now that you're almost towards the end of the journey, what have been some of the best parts about being a Naval Academy parent? I will say being able to go and just be on the yard is to have an excuse to go to the yard. (laughs) It's great. I love that. Since he's knows players in the sprint football team and I love football, you know, being able to see him play again has been just an utter joy. Meeting a lot of the parents involved with that has been just, you know, incredible. Really come to just kind of just soak it all in. And you know it's for a limited time. You know, one of the upsides of the academy is you're out in four years, whether you like it or not. You're, you're going to push you. <laughs> yeah. No red shirt years. Yeah, no, no semester no. off. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not thinking, well, my kid might go another semester. No, your kid won't. So you, <laughs> you really do. And I think about the, you do get kind of swept up in the tradition whether it's the Herndon climb or watching the brigade go through the streets of Annapolis and then do the brigade march on, going to the Army-Navy game. You know, all those things are just very special and things that you just you just don't see in other, in other schools. And it's really made that uh, enjoyable. Yeah, absolutely. And through this entire journey, you've documented and wrote mm-hmm. a lot about it through your blog, My Kid, The Mid. How did you decide in the first place that you wanted to start that blog? And what was your motivation for starting it and continuing it now to this point? So as a writer and in my time since I've kind of moved out of that as a profession, 
I just still want to tell stories. And there's so many. So there's two things. One, there's the, the, the desire to tell stories. And two, there's so much emotion. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's this roller coaster at the Naval Academy as a parent. And I just you know, I felt the only way really that you could kind of cope with those emotions was to put them down on virtual paper was to actually write them. Then I started to think, well, I know I know how much people helped me when they were sharing their experience and how, how it's helpful to me. I thought, well, maybe it will help some people. And some people have responded with incredibly positive ways saying, boy, this is really helpful. I never thought of it that way. Or, you know, that's exactly what I needed. Or conversely, I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's all perfect <laughs> responses. But yeah, just to just, just kind of get, I had all this in me and sometimes you just, you just got to get it out and I could talk about it, but it just seemed, you know, it's easier for me sometimes to sit down at a keyboard and just start writing. So I just started writing. Yeah, absolutely. And through this journey, uh, the following has grown a little bit. How is that some of the feedback that you've received mm-hmm. from other families impacted how you run the blog and just kind of impacted you as a person through some of the feedback that you received for a lot of the stuff that you've written? How has it affected me? So that good question. I've shared some of the not so good things. Mm-hmm. You know, there was the drug scandal at the Academy. Yeah. There was another mid who got was asked to leave for another reason. I've shared those. And because I think it's one thing, Grant, that I think people just go back to one of your earlier questions about how, you know, how you respond to people. The academy is not perfect. And some people, mm-hmm. I think, you know, your kids at the academy, oh, it's super and it's easy and it's fun and it's and, awesome. And, and everyone's and perfect and they never do anything wrong. And uh, Exactly. It's the best and the brightest, right? Mm-hmm. They pick the best. And, well, here's, I have bad news for everybody. They're all human. <laughs> you know? And I've been pleased that people have taken that in the right way. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm criticizing the academy, just that I'm saying, part of your experience may not all be positive. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be some things, there are some kids that your son or daughter is going to go to school with who aren't going to do the right thing. And the academy is meant to filter them out. And I think it does a pretty good job of doing that. But that I think to be able to be honest with those things and also to be able to share some of the emotions, because sometimes I can feel like, oh, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe I shouldn't be that upset. But when I see people going, oh, my gosh, you hit it right in the head, I'm like, oh, okay. It's just part of that, going back to that shared experience. We all get sad about that. We all get emotional about that. Not all, well, most of us do. And to see people reacting to it like that, I think has been, that, that's been very gratifying because it, it, it kind of gives people permission to, um, to deal with that. Um, one, one piece uh, that, I, so two pieces in the blog that c- come to mind. One yeah. was uh, when my father-in-law passed away. Um, you know, I always call him the reluctant sailor. Um, he actually was uh, drafted by the army to go in the Korean War and said, I have an idea, I'll join the Navy instead. Um, and his whole mission when he got in there was to get home to his wife. That was yeah. his only mission. And when he passed away, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Noah was very close with his grandfather. And when he came home for that, I kind of told that story and people, were, you know, it struck the chord with a lot of people. The other one was... Um, I saw on Facebook, one of the moms, and it's one of the things where you're reading these Facebook posts and you freeze I, I, and you have to read it again. Um, and she said, my son has completed uh, the process of um, voluntarily leaving the Naval Academy. And I remember reading that grant and just like every bone in my body just chilled and I froze. I thought, I can't imagine it. And, you know, and I, 
I kind of felt, you know, it kind of went back to my journalism days and I felt like maybe I was being intrusive, but I ha- I felt like I had to reach out there. And I just said, listen, I know things are raw right now, but if you're ever in a position where you want to share that story, I think a lot of people could benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And um, Hermid was not interested in talking, but he said, God bless him. He said to his mom, go ahead and tell the story. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And she did. And I will tell you the the response that that post generated was beyond anything I could have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, because I I can tell you, Mrs. Vermeer probably got a certain letter and said, my son's leaving. <laughs> leaving <the academy." laughs> oh, yeah. And um, there were times, there were many times in that first year that my son, that plebe year, um, where we thought he's not going to make it. He's he's going to he's going to leave. And I I'd always told him, it's OK. It's OK to leave as long as you leave for the right reason. Um, and I, and this mom laid bare this story about the process and what her son went through and the emotions he went through. And I think it validated for a lot of parents, the concerns they have. So when they hear their kids saying they're unhappy about something, what's, is that a warning sign or are they venting? Is it something I should talk to them about or should I let it go? All those things. It really validated that for people, um, so whether their child stayed or left, they 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 knew that other people had gone through similar similar processes and similar uh, experiences, um, and it was okay to whatever the end result was. And the, God bless his mother. She said, at the end of the day, your kid's a great kid, no matter what they do. And that you know, I think that resonated with people. So to be able to share stories like that, I think is, um, I you know, I, I just you see people they they really they really take it to heart. They really take it to heart. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks. Thanks for sharing that. And that truly is uh, special because uh, y- you joke that that Mrs. Vermeer uh, probably thought I was coming home. I think it was more like my dad had to stop my mom from flying to Annapolis yeah. and take, and just dragging me out of there and saving me before anything else happened. Um, Great. I'll tell you, on induction day, when, um, when, when Noah said to me, I don't think that I don't know that I can do this. My first thought was, "Good, let's, let's get go. your stuff. Let's go home. We're out of here. We're done. Like let's enjoy I, I, summer vacation. Here we exactly. go. <laughs> we're going to go hiking and we're going to do all this stuff. So, yeah, there's a number of times where, uh, you know, my wife would say, Let, "Let's go to Annapolis right now. We're going to go right now." And I'd say, "Okay." And you got to, you know, you have to kind of switch the the dad mode. I'd say, "Okay, no, let's take a deep breath." Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I think one of the great learnings. So we, we were talking about the, the learnings you get as a Naval Academy parent. One of the great learnings is to <clears throat> Two, two things. One, give it some air. Sometimes your kid's just venting. And because mm. they're in this pressure cooker and they just have to have somewhere safe that they can say, this is a disaster. I hate this place. Everything's awful. Cool. Right? So I think that's important. The other thing is FIO. Let them figure it out. Because if there's one thing time and again where I think as a parent of a high schooler, you'd say, oh, my gosh, I have to fix this or I have to help them. You know what? No. They figure it out. They yeah. they figure it out. Um, on on Plea Parents Weekend, Noah brings home one of these big mesh bags that you know you all get with all your gear, right? Because yeah. I have to do some laundry, so he just takes this big bag full of stuff and throws it in the washer at the hotel and washes it. And my wife is mortified. Did you let him do that? I said. That's how they do it. He figured it out. You know, I mean, <laughs> he said he had to wash his clothes. He said he washed his clothes. I'm, I'm, you know, I just let it go. Uh, so I think that, you know, you really learn as a parent that um, your, your kids will, they'll figure out how to, how to get their laundry done. They'll figure out how to get the, so yeah. I'll tell you, this is a, here, I'll tell you a story. This is a great Love one. It. 
I think it's, well, I think it's a great one. I think they're all great. But um, so Noah has a, a company mate. Uh, Noah's about 5'10". His company is about 6'4". And he, they, he came to our home for spring break for a couple of days. And then he headed back to California. Well, it wasn't until we're getting ready to go back to Annapolis that my son realizes these pants are really long. And they they were wearing their they're wearing their summer whites. Yeah. And no one's like, these things are down to the floor. And all I could think of is his company mate with these pants coming up the his knees. <laughs> <laughs> and and I said, What are you gonna do? He goes, He's gonna have to figure Basically it out. Figure you know. Out. So we taped up the pants he had and and his company mate figured out a way to get home from California with these pants up to his knees. And I saw him next time he shrugged his shoulder and said, uh, Mr. Smith, I just you know, I had to walk through the airport with floods. What am I gonna do? I couldn't do anything. About it you know so <laughs> i think that's just the things you learn as a parent though they will figure it out that, that's funny uh so my my plebe summer now throwing it way back to when i was a plebe um yeah. because we didn't label all of our clothes fast enough um they decided they're like oh if you guys don't want to label your clothes then we're just going to throw all of your clothes into the center of the hallway the p-way oh. and they're like you guys have 10 seconds to get all of the clothes back into rooms and <laughs> Oh, have, have fun sorting it out. It would have been a lot easier if you labeled your stuff. And so they throw it all out and like we run in and we grab uh, all the clothes and bring them back to yeah. our rooms. Well, it's pleep summer. You don't have time to like go through and pass back shirts. So to, right. this, to this day, I have a couple like extra small blue rims that like are basically crop tops for me. Um, and, and and one actually was labeled. It's like labeled from one of the girls in my academy, oh, but I just, we just never gave it back. I, just, I still have, I still have one of their blue rims. So that's uh, hilarious. Go, but going back to your thing and figure it out at the academy, and I've mentioned it before on Academy Insiders, we have a book that we are given issued mm-hmm. during Pleep Summer called Message to Garcia, which is the whole premise of this book is literally figure it out, mm-hmm. right? So it's this guy who's told, like, given a task with no direction, and he's like, what am I supposed to do? And it's like, well, I guess I'll figure it out. Like, I've been, I've been given a task, and now yeah. I'm going to use everything that I have in my arsenal to figure it out. And so, especially as a midshipman, and especially now as a junior officer in the fleet, a lot of times you get that. In military mm-hmm. leadership, a lot of time at the lower levels as a junior officer is taking the initiative to figure something out and getting mm-hmm. it and getting it done, right? Like it might not be yeah. perfect. You might not separate your whites and your colors, but you right. do the laundry, right? But it's and, clean. But, but it's yep. clean. And now you have clean clothes. Yeah, um, it's so no, I, I think that that's a great lesson because you know I've I've worked in a couple startups and that you learn that that mentality is so important even in the the non military world. Um, instead of sitting around waiting for someone to tell you or waiting for something to happen, um, you just you, you you just you figure it out and you make things happen. I think that makes for better leaders because that we t- you know we talk about the creative process. You know, creative process isn't just for people who write and paint and you know. Finding a way to get something done that takes creativity, and I, that that is something that you all were kind of. Uh, There's no class in creativity at the academy, but learning how to figure it out forced you to be a more creative person. I'm certain. Abs- absolutely, and I'm just going to take a little time, kind of a shameless shameless plug here. Um, <laughs> that that's honestly how Academy Insider started. I had I had a goal, I had a vision with my dad is how am I going to help give back to the parent community at the Naval Academy because my biggest regret at the Naval Academy was not effectively communicating to my mom and dad about yeah. what I was going through because it put them in tough situations. Everything we've yeah. been talking about so far yeah. in this episode, I put my parents through the maximum 
because I was terrible at communicating as a midshipman. And so I knew that I had a goal and a vision of helping ease that process for other parents by helping them understand what the midshipman experience was about. Well, how was I going to do that? I had no idea. So I wrote one blog post and then I started answering questions on a Facebook Live. And now it's turned into this where I have an entire website, an entire blog, a podcast, an online course, all it. I, but I just, I figured it out and I've, and and I'm still figuring it out. And every day I'm trying to continue to make this the best product that it can be so I can best serve my mission and help out the parent and loved one community of the Naval Academy. And so to have you come on here and now share your stories Mm -hmm. and contribute to this, I just say thank you because this has been such a fun and special episode so far. We're not even done. We're not even (laughs) close to done. And it, um, but it's been great. And, and so thank you so much for coming no, on here pleasure. and sharing these experiences and yep. sharing these stories because together now as a community, as the Academy Insider community and as the parent community, yep. we're just going to figure it out and we're going to try yep. and make it better for the next set of families that go through. And and absolutely, you're 100% right, Grant. And that, you know, reading some of the stuff you wrote when my son was a plea made a difference. And that's, you know, as a, you, you know, when you create a product, whether it's a written product or anything, and you make a difference, that's what it's all about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you've done that. And um, and the, one of the things about the Academy is because the, the pace is so fast, you know, realize, you know, we're gonna have service selection. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, kids are gonna start getting their, um, their nominations, their appointments for the class of, uh, of 2024. Yeah. And the whole cycle is going to start over again. And we all kind of have to be ready to do <laughs> our part again. Yep. So, you know, what some people say, well, of course, everybody knows. So one of my, you know, my absolute favorite um, uh, tradition at the Academy is Herndon. And it's mostly because we were so emotional and we knew that for us was the finish line. We knew if, we, if Noah made it to Herndon, we would make it as a family. Um, but I just told, I told one of the other, one of the moms just recently before I could know went to the academy said, well, at the end of the plebe year is the Herndon climb. And I said, wait, they're going to go to the suburb, the Washington DC suburb and do a climb. Like, why are they going to Herndon, Virginia? Because I'm an idiot. And I have no idea what they're talking about. And now, you know, now you realize what it is and you can tell people it's all about Herndon. What's Herndon? Well, you know, it's the thing that looks like a mini Washington monument and you can explain that. And I'm thinking, so when I write the blog and the, the things I put in the book, I'm thinking, here's some things I wish I had known, you know, before, before we kind of crash landed on induction day, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you're right. So to have the, the Academy insider community and these uh, kind of these satellite parent communities on Facebook, just to be able to, to just make it a more enjoyable. And frankly, it, this is something else I would think about as part of what you're helping to make happen is you were talked about all the tough times you go through the academy and then the things you enjoy. Well, you start to enjoy it when you understand it. So Mm -hmm. the sooner you understand it, the sooner you can enjoy it. So, you know, I think that that, and again, it's finite. It's Mm -hmm. four years, start to finish. So you want to enjoy as much of it as you can. So if you can help people get another week of enjoyment out of it, that's that's an accomplishment. Absolutely. Um, Fantastic. Well, also, I want to make, a transition now, switch transition yeah. to um, a book that you have recently published uh, called Anchored in Transition. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't mind just telling the audience a little bit about what it's about uh, and then what was your motivation for writing that mm-hmm. book, why you decided to. Sure. So Anchored in Tradition is um, it's a small book. It's an easy read. And uh, as a writer, 
you know, you, you feel compelled to share stories. Um, one thing that um, I thought about when I was, when this kind of started to come to, to, to mind was all these little things about the academy that you pick up. What is Herndon? You know, uh, is there, I heard there's a crypt in the uh, chapel. Is there really a dead body in the chapel? Um, wait, there's only one dorm? How do they fit 4,000 people in a dorm? Uh, you know, <laughs> did David Robinson really, did this seven foot guy really go to the Naval Academy? All yeah. these things. And I thought, if I, if uh, these are all these little tidbits that I would love to have known before I became a Naval Academy parent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started to kind of collect them. And as a writer, you always know you're going to write a book at some point. And I always thought you'd either write the great American novel or some big omnibus piece. But the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know, the kind of books I, I uh, one of the kind of books I really enjoy are books you can pick up open to any page and, and just start reading and mm-hmm. pick something up. So that's the way I constructed the book uh, into little bits and pieces. So um, if you're if you're on a plane and you're, you could flip through a couple pages and someone distracts you or they come by with a drink cart, you can stop and not feel like you've. You know, you've got you lost the plot, if you will. Um, so I just started researching. I started thinking, well, let's talk about all these cool things at the academy, uh, and just started compiling them, and um, you know, try to add some things, uh, to, you know, little quizzes. Because as you've been, you were writing about um, a lot about the uh, prono, yep. which the plebes, of course, get drilled on. So that's you know, let's how do you rate? Mm-hmm. You know, how much you can you can learn a little bit, uh, learn a little bit, um, and just share some of the jokes because you see these these you know, these military jokes and just to kind of collect them because there's nothing. What I always tell people is if you pick up the book and you read it, you can carry on a conversation with some of the Naval Academy and sound at least like you know what you're talking about, right? Or if there's a party, you can share a joke and at least you'll get a smile out of somebody. (laughs) Absolutely. And can confirm, uh, Spirelli's out there, I I have read the book Anchored in Tradition. It's it's funny. And what what I loved about it is having been a midshipman, going through it, there were plenty of things where even I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, ah, I, I actually didn't know. I didn't even know that. Um, so for anyone who, even if you don't know anything about the Academy, obviously a great place to start. And even if you do know about the Academy, there are a lot of really great things in here and a couple of great jokes too. Like you're saying that a bunch of, a bunch of good military jokes, which always come in handy. Uh, we right. love those. Um, yeah. so just, just fantastic. And thank you for taking the time to Put that together because I do oh. think it'll, um, as we talk about creating things that just positively influence and positively mm-hmm. impact our community, uh, I think it definitely does that. So thank you. Yeah. No, no, my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for bringing it up. Um, and as as you were writing that, what were some of the favorite things that you discovered about the Naval Academy through your research and through your development process of creating uh, this book? Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was intrigued by. Um, some of the history. So to you know, learn a little bit more about John Paul Jones, who's this, you know, this mythic figure in the Navy. Um, and to, and because Herndon's one of you know, is my favorite tradition to, to research Herndon himself and this kind of, um, and, and this is one of the things where, you know, as the former journalist in me, I really want to know the true story, but as a writer, I love the story of him putting his uniform back on, going to the, the bow of the ship and then going down with the ship, this kind of, you know, this larger than life moment. Um, so to, to coming up with, to, to see some of the history behind that, the history behind Dahlgren, where, you know, it, it's this building, which I love. I've always loved Dahlgren because of the lights over the, you know, at the inside of the ceiling and, and the, the glider up there. But they've used that building for, you know, everything but nuclear tests, it seems. I mean, that thing's been an armory. It was an, it was a, and, uh, it's an ice rink. And, you know, 
and they do indoor drills in there now and there's a restaurant. It's just to be fascinated on how the how it's evolved and, um, you know, to be able to write about the Army Navy game and try to dig into some things that maybe people didn't realize. And uh, uh, the the epicness of David Robinson's time there, mm-hmm. um, some of the you know, some of the folks who've, who've kind of gone through when you start to piece one of the things I, I hope people can take out of that is you look at the breadth of what's covered in there. We have some sports. There's these, you know, kind of the, these mythic figures like Jones and, um, and Herndon and more contemporary people like Robinson and Staubach. And you really get a sense for the tradition and the depth and the impact that the Academy has had across the decades. Mm-hmm. And just that it's really, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, it's, it's a military Academy. Yes, obviously it is. But it has impacts beyond that. You know, it's produced a president. It's produced one of the greatest basketball players of all time. You know, and it's it's just it's an integral part of our, our country's history. And that's, um, you know, to be able to kind of pull all that together was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, well, th- and thank you for pulling it together. And again, mm-hmm. for anyone who's listening, I will put a link to purchase Anchored in Transition or t- Transition in Tradition, <laughs> uh, Anchored in Tradition. We'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can make sure to Thanks. go check it out. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to transition to our lightning round of questions here that we do on Academy Insider. And although not a midshipman, you have spent plenty of time around the Naval Academy, so you still get a lot of the same questions. Yep. The first of which, and this is great because you're talking about how much you love the Naval Academy, Mm -hmm. uh, like the actual yard and the campus. What is your favorite spot on the yard? It's still Herndon. I love, (laughs) I still love going to Herndon every time. And you know why, Grant? Mm -hmm. I go by it now and I think, Pretty soon, there's going to be uh, a thousand parents are going to be totally relieved. Their life is going to change. (laughs) Absolutely. And you mentioned the restaurant in Bancroft Hall, Steerage, which I'm a personal fan of. You got a sea sparrow on on some tough nights, you know, long nights. You're like, oh, it's going to be a terrible night. I'm definitely going to go to Steerage. You get a sea sparrow, which is some chicken tenders and fries and a smoothie. And you're just like, all right, it's going to be a terrible night, but at least I'm happy right now. (laughs) Uh, A little fact I'm unhappy. Exactly. But on the topic of food, now obviously yeah. not a King Hall here, but what is your and your family's favorite place to eat in Annapolis? Oh, slam dunk Iron Rooster. Oh, yeah. We are, in fact, when we were looking for our house for commissioning week, we needed to find a place that the grandmother could get to, you know, stepwise. Yeah. It needed to be dog friendly and it had to be within walking distance of the Iron Rooster. rooster. <laughs> like, those were the three, the three areas. Yeah, we we hit a home run on it. So yeah, we we absolutely love that. Love it. (laughs) Uh, That's fantastic. All right. In this episode, again, we've talked about your book, but how about this? What is your favorite book to read? Is this Academy or or overall? Overall or both, whatever you want. Okay. I would say I can read anything by Hunter Thompson to this day. He's the one who made me fall in love with writing. Mm -hmm. So anything by him or anything by uh, Tolkien, those would be the two authors I could read just about anything of. Yeah. I will say about the Academy, I'm a big fan of uh, Chester Midshipmouse. Okay. Um, I just think it's just, it's one of those books I read and I say, gosh, I wish I were that clever. I wish I were clever <laughs> enough to think about that. But I just, you know, so Susan's, I'm a big fan of her work. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. We've talked about in the term that you've used a lot, the emotional roller coasters of being a parent and even being a midshipman at the Academy. Mm-hmm. We've talked about some of the, the tough times, some of the good times, but up to this point, what has been your greatest memory from your time around the Naval Academy? Um, my greatest memory will be would be walking on the field after the sprint championship last year when they beat Army to win it all. And, nice. um, you know, my son worked so hard to get on that team. 
and then to earn a starting spot and then for them to win the championship, it just, you know, it's as a, as his former coach and his father, just, you know, it's in one of those moments like, I, I can't believe my son just did that. Was, that was without question the best moment. That's so special. I love it. Hey, beat army, baby. Beat army. <laughs> yes. We got him tomorrow night. We're going to do it again. Repeat. Love it. Repeat. Love it. All right. And then the final question mm-hmm. is what advice would you give to parents? And I know we've given tons of advice throughout mm-hmm. this, but if you're just give one piece of advice to a parent with a son or daughter thinking about attending the Naval Academy, mm-hmm. what would you offer them in this process of making their college decision? Yeah, that is a great question. I counsel any parent whose child is considering this one for you to get informed so you understand what it means. Don't let them interpret it for you. You do the research, you do the work to find out what it means and help then help them through it and help them to see the whole picture, the good, the bad, the ugly, and to be prepared for failure. Yeah. Another story I'll tell people all the time. My son said to me when he started playing, he says, Dad, do you think I'll get it? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> and, and it, my, my daughter said the same. She says, what do you think? I said, nope. And I'm just playing the odds. You know, when you get in, you are beating not, you know, 90% of the kids who apply don't get in. Yeah. So you have to be fully prepared. And just because you don't get in doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're any less of a person. It's just that's not where you belong and you will you will bloom where you're planted. But I think as a parent, if you go in and you understand your child's motivation. So like to your point, Grant, you said whatever reason they're there for is the right reason. But you should understand what that reason is. Yes. And you should understand what it means to be there and what it means to be from there. You know, because there's always that adage. It's a great place to be from, mm-hmm. you know, to understand it and then to prepare your child for um, neither good nor bad. Just what what happens if you don't get in? I think that. You know, I try not to make decisions for my kids because what I'll tell them is you can make any decision you want, but you can't choose the consequences. And if they choose to go to the Naval Academy, this is what, there's some of the the things that are going to happen and good and bad. And you have to make that decision. And if you can help your kids see that because they're 18 and I wish I was as smart as I thought I was at 18, um, you know, you have to help them see that. If they can see that, then then I, I think that makes it easier for them in the long run. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, for your stories, for your advice and your insight. Uh, We really appreciate it. And if someone wanted to know more about you, Mm -hmm. about your work, um, where would you direct them to and how how can they learn more about you? Um, I think that the best place would be My Kid the Mid, which is the the blog, mykidthemid.com. Um, I try to write there a couple times a month uh, and there's contact information there um, and they can get a hold of me. And I, I hope they do because, I, like I said, I, I, I treasure the input from people and I love the feedback. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting more parents before my before the the little red button pops out and I'm, I'm no longer a Naval Academy parent. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, Carl, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here. Uh, this has been such a fun episode uh, to record with you, such a fun conversation to have. And I think a really important conversation that will provide a ton of insight to a lot of people. So thank you for joining us on Academy Insider. Thanks for the time, Grant. I appreciate it. Yeah. Beat Army. Hey, Beat Army. Absolutely. All right. It's the Academy Insider audience. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. Leave me a review on iTunes and be sure to subscribe to the Academy Insider podcast. If you want to learn more about the Naval Academy experience, I know in this episode we talked a lot about the parent experience, uh, but if you want to learn more about the actual midshipman experience, make sure to check out my webpage, www.academyinsider.com, or you can go to my Facebook page, Academy Insider. 
In this episode, we talked a lot about a bunch of different links. So we talked about books, we talked about his blog, My Kid, The Mid, and all those things. If you want to look into those any further, we'll post all links in the show notes. So make sure to go check those out. Again, I'm Grant Vermeer, your Academy Insider, and thank you so much for letting me be your guide to the United States Naval Academy.